Good morning gamers and welcome to the Polygonal Sunrise, your weekly video game news briefing every Monday morning. Today is Monday, February 11, 2019. I'm your host Jack Martin. Let's see what happened last week. More Titanfall coming this year after Apex Legends launch, Respawn says. This article was written by Steve Wops of GameSpot on February 8th. Apex Legends is set in Respawn's Titanfall universe, but it's hard not to notice that it's conspicuously missing the Titans themselves, not to mention Titanfall in its name. The studio confirmed that it isn't working on Titanfall 3. On Twitter, Respawn CEO Vince Sampella said the studio is working on new content and listening to player feedback for Apex, but also planning more Titanfall. Quote, we are also working on more Titanfall for later in the year. Yes, I said the T-word, end quote. He said, quote, we love being able to experiment in this crazy universe, end quote. As part of EA's earnings, the company noted that among its ongoing and upcoming projects, it's excited to, quote, grow Apex Legends and related Titanfall experiences, end quote. Quote, the Respawn team has a strong plan for Apex Legends that will engage fans for a long time to come, end quote, said CEO Andrew Wilson during an earnings call. Quote, as the live service evolves, Respawn also plans to launch a premium game this year that is a new twist on the Titanfall universe. More to come on that in the months ahead, end quote. This doesn't necessarily mean a new mainline Titanfall game is coming. Given that the studio has already ruled out Titanfall 3, it seems more likely to be a smaller standalone project, or even continuing the fiction in some other form of media. EA has previously stated that Respawn will have multiple games coming out by the end of 2019. At the time, we knew of three Respawn games in development. Those included Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a Titanfall game, and a VR title. It seems likely now that the Titanfall game was actually Apex. That all would seem to imply the unnamed Titanfall game is VR, but Zampella has already shot down that theory. Here's my thoughts on more Titanfall content coming out later this year. It's upsetting to learn that Titanfall 3 isn't in the works. I never played the game, but from what I read, Titanfall 2 was an incredible game that had an unfortunate release schedule, releasing only one week after Battlefield 1, causing not so great sales for Titanfall 2. With the success of Apex Legends, I'm definitely excited to see where Respawn takes the Titanfall brand. I'm curious to see what sort of experience we'll get though with the new Titanfall content. Since there isn't going to be another mainline Titanfall for some time, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of premium expansion for Apex Legends, which is set in the Titanfall universe. But who's to say? We'll hear more about that soon, I'm sure. Let's get on to the next story. Microsoft expanding Xbox Live to Nintendo Switch and mobile. This was written by Jesse Wade of IGN.com on February 4th. Microsoft is bringing Xbox Live cross-platform support to Nintendo Switch, iOS, and Android devices, according to Eurogamer. The announcement was teased from the conference schedule details for GDC 2019, which has since been taken down and will take place next month. Xbox Live achievements, friends, game history, and multiplayer abilities across the other platforms will be available after the release. The description read, quote, Xbox Live is about to get much bigger. Xbox Live is expanding from 400 million gaming devices and a reach to over 68 million active players to over 2 billion devices with the release of our new cross-platform XDK. Get a first look at the SDK to enable game developers to connect players between iOS, Android, and Switch, in addition to Xbox and any game in the Microsoft Store on Windows PCs." End quote. Currently, players can sign into their Xbox Live accounts on Nintendo Switch for certain games that have been released on cross-platforms, such as Minecraft. Unlike Microsoft, Sony was hesitant to join the cross-platform movement. Back in early September, Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida 
said their way of thinking was that PlayStation offered the best experience for Fortnite players. Shortly after, Sony announced they would start offering cross-platform play with games such as Fortnite and Overwatch, getting heavy support from developers. This new relationship between Xbox Live and non-Microsoft games and platforms marks a new era where players could theoretically earn Xbox achievements while playing a game on the Nintendo Switch, something that has never been available before. Okay, here's my thoughts on Xbox going to Nintendo Switch and mobile. This is huge news. Competing companies in the gaming business don't work together like this, and this is a far cry from the console wars between Sega and Nintendo in the 1990s. This is absolutely a great lead-in for the next generation of Xbox and Nintendo. I can only imagine something big between these two for next gen. Whether we'll see Nintendo games on Xbox or vice versa is up in the air, but it seems more possible as news like this keeps coming out. As Microsoft and Nintendo become better partners, it's only making Sony look bad. Microsoft has such good press about it right now, and I imagine Xbox will be much more competitive next generation than it was during this one. Alright, on to the next story. Activision Blizzard employees brace for massive layoffs. This is written by Jason Trier of Kotaku on February 9th. Staff at the game publisher Activision Blizzard are preparing for big layoffs next week, waiting to see who will be one of potentially hundreds of employees who could lose their jobs on Tuesday. There has been no official news from the publisher yet, but we first heard word of upcoming layoffs late last year. At the time, Activision and Blizzard staff told me they expected the axe to fall in February, and I started hearing more and more rumors earlier this week, with whispers suggesting that the layoffs would happen ahead of the publisher's quarterly earnings call, which is on Tuesday, February 12th. Employees across all of Activision's offices have been kept in the dark as they wait to see what will happen. Some say they're pretty sure they're safe, others say they fear they will no longer have jobs next week. Last night, Bloomberg reported that the layoffs would take place on Tuesday in number in the hundreds. When contacted earlier this week by Kotaku about the upcoming layoffs, a spokesperson for Activision did not respond to requests for comment. A spokesperson for Blizzard declined to comment twice. This news comes after a tumultuous year for the publisher, which consists of two entities, Activision and Blizzard. Both Activision and Blizzard operate autonomously, but are governed by the same C-suit of executives, including CEO Bobby Kotick, whose salary in 2017 was roughly $28.6 million. At Blizzard, 2018 was a year of full cost-cutting, under Chief Operating Officer Armin Zerza, whose mandate has been to reduce spending and produce more games. Other than expansions and remasters, Blizzard has not released a new game since Overwatch in May of 2016. Employees all across Blizzard have been told to cut their budgets and spend less money, and there's general concern about Activision's creeping influence as the company looks to make more financially driven decisions. In October, Blizzard CEO Mike Morhaime stepped down to be replaced by Blizzard veteran Jay Allen Brack, not as CEO, but notably as president. In December, Blizzard abruptly killed the Heroes of the Storm esports program and cut down the development team for that game, its least successful. People who work or have worked at Blizzard told me that they expect Tuesday's layoffs to be primarily in non-game development departments, such as publishing, marketing, and sales. Some of those jobs and roles may then fall to Activision proper, further reducing Blizzard's autonomy. Activision, meanwhile, has also been struggling. Last year's Call of Duty Black Ops 4 was successful, one of 2018's best-selling games according to NPD data, but the publisher lost one of its major franchises after Destiny 2's Forsaken expansion failed to meet Activision's lofty expectations. In January, developer Bungie announced that it was parting ways with Activision and ending its development contract early, putting the bow on a long-doomed relationship. Bungie would hang on to the Destiny franchise as a result. The business angle is that Activision is now missing one of its biggest tentpoles, but the human angle is that the split leaves people in danger of losing their jobs. Activision employed an entire team full of Destiny support staff, PR, marketing, social media, business, and so on, who now have no work. 
Two people close to the company told me that there have been a few opportunities for those former Destiny staff to move to other teams, but those opportunities are limited, and members of that department are perhaps the most worried about their job security. The layoffs will likely happen on Monday and Tuesday. For now, those who might be affected can do nothing but wait. Since this regards people's jobs, I think it's best that I refrain from giving my thoughts and move on to the next story. Two K's mysterious, unannounced game might finally get revealed soon. This was written by Eddie McCook of GameSpot on February 7th. For a long time now, Take Two has teased an upcoming game from one of Two K's quote biggest and most beloved franchises end quote, and it may soon be time that we find out what it is. As part of its earnings report, Take Two reaffirmed that this unannounced game remains on track to release during the company's fiscal year 2020. More interestingly, Take Two said that Two K will have more to share on the game in the coming months. During the call, an analyst asked about the game, and CEO Strauss Zelnick said that the company expects the game to, quote, stay on track, end quote, following its previous delay. He added that the company has very high expectations for the game, whatever it may be. This unannounced game was previously scheduled to launch during fiscal year 2019, which runs April 2018 through March 2019. However, it was delayed to fiscal year 2020, which covers April 2019 through March 2020. So that's when you can expect this new sequel from Duque. Take-Two CFO Lane Goldstein said that the company has modeled some marketing spend for the new game during the current fiscal year. So that suggests the title may be announced before April 2019. Speculation has suggested that the game may be Borderlands 3 or whatever the next title in the series ends up being called. Regardless, a new Borderlands is known to be in development. Another possibility is the new Bioshock game that is reportedly in development. Back in April 2018, Kotaku reported that a top-secret new Bioshock game was in the works at a studio in Novato, California. It is also possible that the delayed game is something else entirely, though it is expected to be a sequel given that Take-Two said it is an installment in one of its biggest franchises. Here's my thoughts on the new 2K game. I'm hoping for a new Borderlands over a new Bioshock. As much as I love Bioshock, it'd feel weird to me to have a game not developed by Irrational and Ken Levine. To me, Borderlands makes much more sense anyways. The franchise has continued to live on through games like Tales from the Borderlands, so the series is still fresh in people's minds. As much as it would be cool to have a new Bioshock, I'm really hoping for a new Borderlands. I've never played the series, so I think this would be a good way to get into it. Alright, that's all the news from this past week. Let's take a look at the biggest game out right now, Apex Legends. My buddy Christian Buckley of Joyclix has been playing the game a lot this past week. Let's hear what he has to say about it. Hello everybody, my name is Christian Buckley and today I'm here to talk to you briefly about Apex Legends, the newest in the battle royale genre from Respawn and EA. I love Titanfall 2 to death, so Apex Legends immediately interested me as soon as I saw the reveal trailer. The game released on Monday, February 4th, and since then I've probably put about 4-5 to five hours in, so I've had a handful of matches. So far I have won 4 games, and I gotta say I'm very impressed with Apex. I have played a lot of Fortnite, I haven't touched PUBG's or uh, the Call of Duty Blackout mode much, but Apex Legends appeals to me in ways Fortnite doesn't, and it has some awesome innovations in it on its own right. Apex Legends is different because it is class hero based, so you pick a character before each match, you have specific abilities that you can use to support your squad of three people. You're locked into a squad, you have no say if you want to run solo or not, you can split off, but that messes with your chances of winning. So squad play is important, and that's one of my favorite things about Apex Legends. 
because they implemented a brand new pinging system. Now, a pinging system in a battle royale isn't something that's super unique, Fortnite has one, but the depth and level of intuitiveness in Apex Legends pinging system is something I haven't seen in any game before. I mentioned previously I have a couple of wins racked up already in Apex, and three of those were with squads of people I did not know, randomly matched up with, and I could not talk to them. They were not using mics, so we only had to rely on the game's pinging system. If you find a piece of armor that is high level, you look at it, you ping it, and then it tells your entire team where it is, what level it is, and what its stats are. So it's really great. There's levels and layers to this. Each ping is unique to the item you're pinging at. So mechanically, that helps a lot with team communication. It's really evident that this team has a history with Call of Duty and Titanfall, two fantastic feeling first person shooters, so respawn tackling the battle royale genre is fantastic in my eyes. They have announced a season of content that starts in March running through the rest of 2019, so when their version of the battle pass comes out I will definitely be buying it because I'm hooked on Apex Legends and it's a good game. But that's pretty much all I have to say on it, so thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks a lot, Christian. You can follow him on Twitter at ChrisNBuckley, and you can subscribe to JoyClicks on YouTube. Okay, here are my thoughts on Apex Legends. Honestly, I think Apex Legends has perfected the battle royale genre. It's such a perfect union of the franticness of a battle royale with the strategy of a hero shooter. What strikes me the most is the crazy attention to detail in the game. Your character's reactions, especially, help flush out the pace of a match by pointing out how far away you are from the circle or how many squads are left in the game. Apex Legends is quite possibly the best playing FPS I've ever set my hands on. Everything from your character's mobility to the unique differences in weapons make this game an utter joy to control. And I'm not too surprised by that. The minds behind the classic Call of Duty games and the excellent Titanfall and Titanfall 2 have certainly earned a reputation for creating incredible experiences, and they did it again with Apex Legends. I'm absolutely excited to see where this game goes next. Before we end the show, let's take a trip back in time and see what happened this week in gaming history. This is for the week of February 11th to the 17th. February 11th. On February 11th, 1990, Enix releases the Dragon Quest IV video game for the Famicom in Japan. On the first day in stores, 1.3 million copies are sold, for about 75 US dollars each. On February 11th, 1993, Midway Amusement Games releases the Mortal Kombat video game version 4.0 T-Unit to arcades in the US. On February 11th, 1999, Square releases the Final Fantasy VIII video game for the PlayStation in Japan. February 12th. On February 12th, 2002, Sega releases Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube and PlayStation 2 in the US. On February 12th, 2003, Sony releases EverQuest Online Adventures for the PlayStation 2. On February 12th, 2007, Microsoft launches the Xbox Live Rewards program. February 13th. On February 13th, 2002, Immersion files a lawsuit against Microsoft and Sony for patent infringement of joystick force feedback technology in the Xbox and PlayStation 2 controllers. On February 13th, 2003, Capcom releases Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for the Xbox in the US. On February 13th, 2006, US President George W. Bush awards Ralph Bayer a National Medal of Technology for, quote, groundbreaking and pioneering creation, development, and commercialization of interactive video games, end quote. February 14th, Sony Computer Entertainment releases Twisted Metal for the PlayStation 3 in the US. February 15th, 
On February 15, 2011, Capcom releases Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of the Two Worlds for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in the US. And again on February 15, 2011, LucasArts releases LEGO Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars for the Nintendo Wii, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360 in the US. February 16th. On February 16th, 2000, in Tokyo, Japan, Sega releases the Dream Eye digital camera for the Dreamcast video game system. On February 16th, 2006, Capcom releases the Mega Man Anniversary Collection for the Game Boy Advance in the US. February 17th. On February 17th, 1999, Sony Computer Entertainment releases Siphon Filter for the PlayStation in the US. On February 17th, 2004, EA releases James Bond 007 Everything or Nothing for the GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox in the US. On February 17, 2005, Microsoft issues a recall of power cords on 14.1 million Xbox consoles worldwide, following 30 reports of failure of defective electrical components, causing minor injury or property damage. The recall covers consoles made before January 13, 2004 in Europe, and consoles made before October 23, 2003 everywhere else. On February 17, 2009, Capcom releases Street Fighter 4 for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in the US, and again on February 17, 2009. Rockstar Games releases Grand Theft Auto 4 The Lost and the Damned for the Xbox 360 in the US. And that's it for the Polygonal Sunrise. You can join us every Monday morning for your weekly gaming news briefing. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FascinatedJack. And you can follow the show on Twitter at PolygonalPod. If you have any questions or would like to contribute to the show, email me at PolygonalSunrise at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show in its own feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean. You can also find the show under the Amherst Wire feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or AmherstWire.com. Have a great week. The Polygonal Sunrise is a production of the Amherst Wire. Visit AmherstWire.com or find them on social media at Amherst Wire. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me. The entertainment slash podcast editor for the Amherst Wire is Jonathan Kerma. You can follow him on Twitter at jkerma98. My supervisor for the show is BJ Roach. You can follow her on Twitter at BJ underscore Roach. And finally, the music for today's episode is provided by Damon Hatfield. You can support him at damonhatfield.bandcamp.com or find him on iTunes and Spotify.